Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. want to give you a pre-episode warning that uh, this is going to be a convicting <laughs> this is going to be a convicting study today because it really just deals with you know, our response to our the love that God has for us, our response to the identity that we have in Christ, that we are the sons of God, where the where Christ is our brother, we're in God's family. And one day we're going to stand before Jesus at his appearing. So th- that all of that ought to have some kind of a practical relevance in our life. And we're going to talk about that today. So would you look at 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 4? And uh, what, what I'm going to do is ver- read three verses for us. And then let's just come back and unpack them. So 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4 Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. You know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. So these are much debated verses, John, as you know. And there are any number of different interpretations to these verses, and I want us to to look at them uh, carefully today. You know, some would teach that believers should not sin at all, and if a believer is sinning, that that really indicates that he's never been saved. Now, is that even a valid? Is that even a valid possibility? You know, Pastor, it certainly is not. And you're right. There are some people who believe in perfectionism, as you're talking about, that if you're a Christian, you don't sin anymore. John debunks that even in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. He makes it very clear that even after you're saved, and then in 1 John 2, 1, talks about how you sin not, but if any man sin, we have an advocate. And so this, this cannot mean that a person who's a Christian never sins at all again after their salvation experience. No. So... Sinless perfection is, I mean, there are those that actually believe this, but what I say is, you know, that there's no way you're going to have to downgrade the nature of sin and of God in order to believe that. Because if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us, which just simply cannot be true. I think what the Bible is speaking about here is it's very practical. Uh, as well, look at it again. Verse number four: Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. Sin is the transgression of the law. So so far, no problem. The Bible is simply making a statement about what the nature of sin is, and the nature of sin is an attitude of rebellion. So the attitude of rebellion is saying nobody can tell me what to do. Sin is lawlessness. And it's preceded by an attitude of rebellion. So what is sin at its core? I think that's the question that verse number four answers. You're right, Pastor. And remember, in this whole context, John is dealing with, as we talked about a couple of episodes ago, talked about the differentiation between God's family and the world. 
And then John looked forward to our future hope and how that now in verse 3, because that hope we all live pure lives today. Well, that's going to naturally just lead right to the idea of sin. And so John talks about that sin transgresses God's law. God sets the standard. God says, God says what is right or wrong. The world doesn't say what it is. God says what it is. And those who transgress the law are directly sinning against God because they're defying that which God has put in place. I don't want to get too technical, but you know, obviously in, in the Greek language, there, there are different verb tenses. And sometimes people will kind of overemphasize the present tense. Talk about what that means, John, when they people that are there are, are emphasizing, well, you know, what this means is if you're continually sinning, you're habitually sinning, you can't be saved. How, how, how do we understand that? Yeah, that's a great question, Pastor. And, and this we're going to come find other verses we proceed that deal with the same issue. And a lot of people, uh, a very common interpretation is the idea that the present tense in Greek, first of all, is often, people often overstate it. They say the present tense of Greek always means a continual action. Well, as pastor said, well, I don't want to jump too far into Greek grammar today, but I will say that that is, that is not true. Uh, it just flat is not true. And you can read Greek grammarians today who are scholars in this, and you'll find that they talk about this same idea that people often overplay the Greek tense. The Greek tense often does mean a continual action, but, but, but even if you were to take it as that, which I, Clearly, in this context, that's not what John is saying, because in order to be a continual action idea, there has to be other things in the context that give that same mentality to convey that continual action. But, you know, I, I think if people that say this, Pastor, I think, you know, th th this verse does not say does not commit a particular kind of sin. That, that's a big distinction, it's, okay? Because yes. if we were to believe that, okay, if a person habitually sins, they can't be saved, but the Bible does not give us any individual sin here. It doesn't say, okay, if a person you know habitually lies or habitually views pornography or habitually whatever your, your besetting sin is, no, the Bible just uses the word sin. And which, which one of us, out there watching, out there listening, or in here talking, which one of us does not habitually sin? We sin every day. I would say that's pretty habitual. I, I would say so exactly. You're right, Pastor. I had a friend years ago, we discussed this, and he said, John, you know, a, a low estimate, I, I sin at least three times a day. And I would say yeah, that that's a really low a estimate. Really low estimate. But if you take that even true, that means 365 days a year, over a thousand times a year you're sinning. I would say that's pretty habitual. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I think the, the, the best of us would have to admit that we are habitual sinners. So obviously it cannot mean uh, that. And to try to rest the present tense to make that say that, that's the point I wanted to, wanted you to make. And one more quick, if you don't mind, Pastor, no, one more thing. In 1 John 5.18, we find the idea of a brother sinning a sin. It's in the present tense. We find in 1 John chapter 1, the idea of sin is in the present tense. And so if and these are obviously brothers. And these are obviously brothers. And so if you're going to translate it consistently, then you have to get, you have a great problem. You really do. You have to say, well, here it is. It does mean habitual, but here it doesn't. Here it refers to, it can't, this person can't be a Christian. Here, obviously the person is a Christian. You, you have a schizophrenic Bible interpretation if you do it that way. Exactly right. Well, if none of that made sense to you, that's fine because let's get back 
back to the practicality of verse number uh, five, uh, where the Bible says, and you know, that's another thematic idea in the book of First John is that we can have confidence Uh, Confidence not because of bravado, but confidence because of the Word of God and because of what God has taught us. And you know that He was manifested to take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. So what is the remedy for our sinful condition, both in our positional uh, condition, our positional situation? In other words, when we trusted Christ as Savior, we have positional righteousness, but even in in a practical sense, you know, now that we're saved— you know, what is our hope? Our hope is Christ. He was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. So our hope in our position is Christ. Our hope in our practice is Christ. Our hope in our future glorification is Christ. Christ is the focus, and he's our hope. You know, that's a great word you bring up, Pastor, about position, about our position in Christ. And John has laid that out in verses 1 and 2, talking about our position, who we are, we're the sons of God, we've been born again. And then in verse 3, John starts talking about our practical living. Our position ought to affect our practice. And so that is the key thing to understand as we go into this passage here, that John's going to talk a lot about who we are in Christ. This is who we truly are in Christ. This is our position in Jesus Christ, and it ought to affect how we live. Because we have been born again, because we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. And that verse means exactly what it says. It what, what it says. All things are made new. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus, and our position in Him is secure. And because that is true because he became sin that we might have his righteousness that should have an effect on how we live. Yeah. And that's such a great point. And remember my friends, and it's a little bit harder sometimes because we're doing this in multiple episodes. And so we're already in our third episode in chapter three, but let's connect these verses. What does God want us to know? He wants us to know that we are the sons of God. So God loves us, verse number one. Now we are the sons of God. We don't know all of what we're going to be, but we know that God began a good work in us and he's going to complete it. We're going to become just like him. So these are verses of confidence. This is your identity. This is who you are. This is not going to change. So God is not going to throw us a curveball in verses four and five and say, yeah, but you're not really saved because you, 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 you've sinned and you've... No, the whole point is he's showing us now as the sons of God, how can we live purely as he is pure? You know, how can we understand this? And, and it comes back to, hey, we are sinners in need of a savior. That was true at the moment of our salvation, our justification. And that is, that is true every single day of our lives. That having begun in the spirit, we're not made perfect by the flesh. We need Christ every day. Every day of our lives, we need to admit, I'm a sinner. Uh, and, and I struggle with this. And I need Christ, and I need his sufficiency, and I need to yield to him, and I need to reckon myself today to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ my Lord. These verses are verses to help us to live in victory, much like Romans 6, much like Romans 8, 1 John chapter 3. These are principles for the believer to live a righteous life before Jesus Christ. 
And I like you're bringing that point out, Pastor, because sadly, I've known some people who have misinterpreted what this passage is saying, and they live just without any certainty about their salvation. Uh, they just walk around, oh, I sinned, I must not really be saved. But that is not at all what this passage is to do for us. This passage shows us we can have great hope. We know who we are in Christ Jesus. Christ has made us, you know, new creatures in Him. And we are secure in Christ. And what is true about who we are ought to have a practical implication in the way that we live for him. Look at look at verse 5. We're, we're out of time, but I do want to complete the thought. In verse number 6, I should say, Whosoever abideth in him, so anyone that, and whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you what, John, let's go ahead and table verse six, just because there, there, there are a couple of views on this, and we've touched on one or two already, but I want to bring in the third one, the new man, old man view, um, and I don't think we have enough time to cover that today. So let's let's bookmark it right here, First uh, John chapter 3, uh, verse number six. We'll come back to it next episode. Uh, I want you to put your thinking cap on. I want you to come ready. And let's see what the Bible says uh, for the purpose of uh, living out its truth uh, for the honor and glory of God. Thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great day today, my friends. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.